Lloyd rises like a phoenix from the flames as he takes a double win from under the nose of the King of Croft, while Cook continues to bank the points. We will bring you all the action from Croft. Yes, hello again, welcome back. We are back from Croft, safe and sound, a nice 400 odd mile round trip. It was a long weekend, but it was a good weekend. The rain held off, which was a bit disappointing in some ways, but it did mean we were dry. It was blooming windy and cold on Friday, uh, Saturday even. Uh, it might have been on Friday. And Sunday was, yeah, medium. Dusty. Dusty. Where was it, turn one? Yeah. Dusty, definitely. Yeah, we're um, fine if we stayed on the embankment. Yeah, I know. Uh, some of that rain might have helped with that. Um, no, you're not wet dust. Well, it wouldn't have been dust then. There'd be great clumps flying at you. Yeah, yeah, let's get hit by a thousand stones instead. Yeah, brilliant. Well, if you stand close enough, and if they keep going wider and wider at the first turn at uh, first turn at cross, then yes, we'll probably get that eventually. Um, some cars certainly fell foul of it this weekend. They did, yeah. Uh, but it's customary to see a couple of cars take a trip through the gravel trap at turn one. Obviously, we've never been to Croft before. What were your first impressions? What were the pros, the cons, etc.? Where's it ranking tracks you've been to so far? I think we both said when we got there it's a very old-fashioned, uh, classic track um, and not not being part of the MSV group of circuits, I think it really stands out being different in that way. Yeah, uh, without slurring on MSV it was quite nice to be at a track that wasn't, because you've got Silverstone mm. which is obviously the home of racing so it's very corporate and very, very yep. Silverstone. Uh, and then you've got the MSV tracks, which are all kind of the same. You've got mm. the same sort of setup. And and they're great, don't get me wrong, they are great. But it was nice to go to a track that's not... That's out on its own, doing things its own way. You have this really old-fashioned pit lane of the timing tower that's really old. You've got green and yellow everywhere rather than your traditional white and red. It felt, yeah, small claustrophobic at times it was a real old style circuit the viewing banks i thought were excellent yeah. um it's practically you can see half of the circuit from one viewing bank or one area and then you see the other half of the circuit from the other area uh, which i thought worked really well the placement of the screens was really nice as well yeah um and you were able to keep up with pretty much all the racing that was going on um so yeah i enjoyed it as a track the racing didn't quite live up to my expectation no, I think some work probably does need doing at Croft now. The cars are that much bigger these days. I do think that... I mean, Gordon Shedd mentioned getting rid of the chicane uh, at turn three because it adds literally nothing, which, mm. apart from it becoming a pinch point, which yep. I see his point. I don't disagree. A bit rich of a track owner to start suggesting how people do their tracks because uh, <laughs> I'd like to see his reaction. So he said, let's get rid of Duffer's dip because I can't imagine he'd be hugely, hugely fond of that idea. But I don't think it's a bad idea. I think the track does need a little bit of attention in places. Overtaking was a bit difficult. The hybrid system, I don't think... I think this is a track where it should have made a lot of difference. I don't think it did. And I think the hybrid system needs looking at for next year. Because they say this is a track where I really expected to make a difference. And it just didn't. I think outside of... Uh, outside With the support series, apart from the juniors, every other race was a bit pedestrian as well. Although... In fairness, they aren't our usual support races. They no, might be like no. that every round. We don't yeah. know. Obviously, the F4s were quite feisty. The yeah. minis were a bit duller than the usual minis we have. And yeah. the Ginettas and the Porsches weren't the same Ginettas and Porsches we usually get. No, no. Um, but the Juniors certainly gave us some uh, good amount of action. Hair-raising moments. I think also, just finishing up on the Croft thing, it's one of the most organised places I've been to. It was Getting in was an absolute joy. Getting out took us 20 minutes which I think might be a record getting out of yeah. a BTC event yeah um, it was so the, the, the whole track was well spaced out there wasn't a great deal of quick kiosks there was a, a lack of kiosks you only had mm. them in sort of a couple of areas and there aren't the toilet facilities weren't as good as MSV there weren't toilet blocks as such it was mainly port and cabins so they weren't I mean they were clean and they were fine but they weren't as good as facility wise is the MSV stuff yeah I like the layout of the um, sort of like merchandising area it was a, a good size area that people didn't get held up in whereas some areas yeah. it's really funneled down and, and really tight and compact yeah they made it circular which 
yeah. kept a good flow of sort of constant flow of people going round, which I think is a, it should be replicated elsewhere. Because I think you're right, you get to some place where it's all crammed into yeah. one little area. But yeah, no, I enjoy Croft. I said the racing could have been better, but I think it is up there for the best tracks I've been to. Yeah, I'd say limited, so as well. Limited track knowledge. Um, we did manage to get up there early enough on the Saturday to watch qualifying. We did. Um, and we got to see some of the cars up close. It was noticeably less busy, wasn't it? You, you expect that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I think that's the other nice thing about um, the, the Croft was that it was only, a, was it a five or extra to go on the Saturday? Uh, yeah, something like that. Which is quite nice. Not much. Not 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 not, not much. Um, so yeah, it, it's well worth going on Saturday because you can get to look around more. Yeah, There's more can. space. Yeah. Um, you can go and view at many different points maybe that you haven't considered before if you're a normal Sunday day goer. Um, so yeah, I would certainly consider it. Final point, people are very friendly. Yes, although I think that's just northern people. I'm not complaining. We've got a free use of some of these chairs for an hour or so and then for a wander. Yeah. Nice. So shout out to those gents. Yeah, it was top, really top nice. Guys, top guys. Um so yeah, mention qualifying on Saturday. We should get into that now. Qualifying report. So as qualifying kicked off on Saturday afternoon, um it was a question of sort of like how well a couple of drivers would go. Dan Lloyd and Obviously, Turkington had a big accident last time out. They were probably still getting used to the car and, and settling themselves back in. Um, but those two drivers certainly didn't take long at all, did they? No, they settled in very quickly. Uh, the driver that did not make it out, Carl Bordley, who was supposed to be sitting in for Rick Parfit, was taken ill. Um, and as such, no Upton Steel pink, white, purple, blue machine took yellow machine took to the uh, took to the track this weekend which is a shame we we did wonder between us whether was it too late to put any, literally anybody else in but again mm. croft is it's not inaccessible but I, you know i imagine a lot more drivers have had stuff on or couldn't get to the circuit in time or especially missed. being a goodwood weekend as yeah well. and i think there probably is a deadline to submit your driver by as well yes so. yeah yeah, so they didn't make it out, but you're absolutely right. Lloyd and Turkson settled in very quickly indeed, although it was a very disrupted session. Yes, there were a couple of red flags. Uh, the first one was supposedly caused by Adam Morgan. Who, well, it was. Well, yeah. On, on his opening flying lap, um, went deep into turn one, locked up, went into the gravel, and n- nudged the barrier, shall I say. Um, and a red flag was flown very quickly. Understandable, you want to try and... Is it? Yes and no. So, yes, he should be given the chance to get out. No, I mean, the red flag being thrown so quickly. But also, you want to protect the drivers, don't you? You want to, well, want to protect the vehicles and any marshals that are going out to see to the vehicles. Surely, you can, but in the racing, you don't throw a red flag. You throw a double yellow. So why can't you throw a double yellow and assess the situation? I know. Um, it seems bonkers that his car had not even... Well, I'm not. I, this cannot be proven, but in my view, the car hadn't even touched a bar before the red flag was being raved, mm. waved. It was out so quickly. It was out very quickly, yes, um, and consequently, he actually managed to get the car out under its own volition. Yeah. The probably a little bit of a push from the marshals, which actually brings up a rule that I didn't realise was a rule, is that he loses his fastest time, but he's actually able to carry on in the se- session. Yeah. So the only reason he was able to carry on is because there was no mechanical assistance, which I found out Lawyers. on <laughs> on Monday when I watched it back. Um, whereas the next red flag after that was caused by Patterson, who hit the wall significantly harder. Yeah, it did damage. Um, and he had to be removed from the barrier um, and didn't take part in the rest of the session. I think the exclusion from the session is bonkers. Yes, so do I. Because particularly if you're going to chuck red flags so quickly yeah. and not give drivers the chance to try and get it out because it, you, know, you are going to wreck the whole weekend. My view is that a driver should be allowed to retake the session if the car is mechanically fit, regardless mm. of how they're retrieved. However, they lose their fastest two lap times. Okay. As a compromise. Okay, fair enough. Or... They take an automatic five place penalty or something, something like that. Just yeah, yeah, because I think it's ludicrous that you 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 do double punishing them. First, we take away the fastest lap time, then you say they can't compete any further. To mm. me, that doesn't fit the crime of running slightly wide and touching mm. a barrier. Yeah, that to me, yeah, I, I think you should either give them the chance to come back and you take away two fast laps, or you keep their fastest lap and you say you get an automatic five 
to ten. I mean, ten is probably excessive. Five players group penalty. Yeah. No, I, I can understand where you're coming from from that. Um, Patterson didn't go back out, although I think he would have been able to because I don't think he actually had any mechanical assistance, um, but he certainly had a substantial amount of damage yeah, on the front corner. I think damage is the main point to why he didn't get back out. I imagine there was suspension. We saw a lot of suspension problems this weekend. Uh, I imagine that was maybe part of it there as well. The rule needs clarifying moving yes, forward. certainly does. I, I, yeah, I didn't really understand it at all. Um, so... Apart from those two red flags, <laughs> there was a third. There was a third. But it was a, yes, well, it, it, it was right did, at the end. Well, it did stop a lot of people in their final flight. I mean, Ash Sutton only got one lap in, which I'm amazed at. The, the amount of running they had, sort of like ten minutes in between each red flag, yeah. didn't they? But don't forget that it's not been uncommon for the rear, the front wheel drive cars, and particularly Napa, to do about seven flying laps before they put a, an actual time in. Yeah, that's probably something that they've got to work on, really. Well, they are the way the current rules are of chucking red flags every five seconds, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, there was another red flag that was, what, 30, 40 seconds from the end 49, of... 49, I believe. ...end of the session, and that was caused by Michael Kreese. Yeah. Um, puncher. Car died. Car died. Uh, car died at the side of the track, um, which, yeah. Which, again, can't... <laughs> Does that need to be red flagged with 49 seconds ago? Can you not do that under yellows? It's not. I'm not blaming but, the marshals. It's the rules. You know, they, they've they've chucking the flags as they're trained as they're told to chuck them. But for me, is he posing a threat on a qualifying lap? I think it's very unlikely that people are going to improve with a double yellow out there anyway. No. Look, but, looking at the length of touring car circuits, yes, in F1 it may be different. They may be improving throughout the rest of the sectors. I disagree with you because touring cars, you can literally have hundreds of seconds between the places. The top 20 are often covered by a second. Even if you can make up four or five places, you've still got a chance on a flying lap, even with double yellows, to make up four or five places on the grid. Yeah. I just don't see... Unless it's in a really obviously dangerous place, I don't understand why we have to red flag straight off the bat. With the Morgan one... I mean, we collect Ginettas, junior cars, with, um, under double yellows and have machinery on the track, which I hate. So why don't we do it for touring cars? Where's the consistency? I don't understand. Because it's the premier sport. Fine, but... But it's stuff that makes it makes it faster, which doesn't make it a premier sport for me. Okay. In F one, you don't just chuck a red flag when somebody has an accident in qualifying. Necessarily, it depends well, what it yeah. is. It, it very much depends on the situation. Which doesn't, there is no situational dependence here. It is chucked or almost automatically. Yeah. Which is bonkers. You in F one, you still have cars racing through yellow flag or qualifying under yellows. Mm. I don't understand why the touring cars isn't the same. I. I just I wonder whether it's the expanse of the track and the limits of safety that differ from F1 to BTC. Obviously, F1 tracks are much bigger. There's normally much more runoff and stuff like that. Yeah, unless you're at the tracks where there isn't that much runoff, you'll normally get a red flag. Yeah, I get that. I do. I think you know that if the car is in a dangerous place, fine. I just don't see why the red flag has to be chucked straight away. But moving away from my rants about flags, it was a great qualifying session for Wingfoot Warrior. Colin Turkington, who, I mean, give him the award now. Yeah, I he, mean, he can withdraw from the championship. He's got the wing foot ready. The the king of Croft was back. Uh, he managed to stick his car on pole position um, and set a new qualifying lap record in the process of a one minute twenty one point four six eight. Uh, with Halfords Racing with Cataclean Dan Robottom um, filling out the front row of the grid, while Dan Lloyd and his teammate Tom Ingram. Um, settled for the second row. It did look like at one point that those two were going to lock out the front row and Ingram, uh, Lloyd was going to have that idyllic pole position after such a bad weekend last time out. Never, ever, ever write off Colin Turkington on a pole lap. I, as much as I may criticise his race craft from time to time, I don't think there's a better qualifier in the last 10 years of the sport. Well, he's phenomenal. He, he's a over one lap, he gets it right more often than not. And that's why he keeps on winging, winning that Wingfoot Award, mate. That's the one they want to win at the start of the season, isn't it? <laughs> they go, Yo, leave the drivers, we'll leave the independent drivers. I want a Goodyear Wingfoot on my mantelpiece. Gordon Shedden ensured that both the Halfords drivers were in the top five, uh, whilst Jake Hill was a little disappointing in six for me. I, yes I, no. I thought we were going to see more from him this weekend, and we'll get into that in the races as well. Yes and no, the Hyundai's were ridiculous this weekend. Yes, they were. All four qualified in the top 15. 15. Yeah. yeah, Jiggy was down in 15th, and Chilton got inside the top 10. Yeah. 
which is a yeah, that, note for the diary, that one. That car was set up properly this weekend, so I don't think... Was. I think any other time I'd agree with you, but given the context of the four Hyundai's, I don't think that's that disappointing from Hill, personally. Last year's pole sitter, Aidan Moffitt, um, managed to just get inside the top ten as well, along with George Gamble. Um, a number, yeah, couple of the other top hitters. Cook, not mm. a good session. Managed to break a wishbone. Yep. Which I actually thought when we saw him coming into the pitch was an engine failure, the amount of smoke that was coming off the back end, but it was just dragging yep. dragging one of its rear wheels. Uh, he ended up down in 20th. Obviously, Morgan, because he lost his fastest time, was down in 17th. Um, and it was a bit like, okay, there's, there's a little bit of fighting back through the field that's going to be needed. Cook's championship charge is falling apart quite quickly. I'm just putting it out there. Wow, he's only... Yeah, we'll get through to how many points difference there has been over the weekend, but I'm he's going, still there or thereabouts. Mm, I disagree. Okay. I don't think he is there or thereabouts. The car... I mean, he's second in the championship, but... He is, but the car looks shot. Completely yeah, which shot. is really interesting, coming from Thruxton a couple of yeah, rounds ago, well, where it I mean. was quick. Well, even at Donington and Brands, it was fairly good. Yeah, he took two wins at Brands back-to-back, don't forget, as well. Okay, changeable conditions, fine. He still took two wins at Brands, and that car. I know he's had two podiums at the last two rounds. He's had to rely on the reverse grid. That's fine, but when you've got other drivers scoring well in all three, you're going to struggle. And the car just doesn't seem up to it. And the fact that, the fact that Cook's scoring good points is testament to him because Plato looks lost, and Edwards has fallen off the pace massively as well. Yeah, Plato managed to qualify down in 18th, and Jade Edwards was all the way down in 25th. The top 23 drivers were all covered by a second. Um, and I think Dan Camish would have been a little bit disappointed down in 14th. He doesn't seem to have gelled with that car yet, does he? No, again, he was on a fly, I think, when Crease's red flag put an end to that as well, which yeah. you, you don't know. Uh, was it going to be enough for pole? Probably not. But yeah, the, the Napa have got problems with the car. Uh, yeah, we all expect them to be out of the box. I think we both said they got their business done early. We expect them to be ready to go. It's not happened for them. And I think, again, Tesla to Sutton that he's come up to speed a bit really quickly. Camish a year out trying to get to grips with the car again it's, I mean you look at Osborne and Jackson who just anonymous this season yeah very much so shall we move on to race one absolutely race one race one got underway and what was interesting for me is that the real driver cars have had their boost turned down we did not see the launch off the line that we've become accustomed to which thank god because I've said before it needed something doing because it was undefendable there was a noticeable difference really this was. weekend as well. I might suggest, at the risk of becoming controversial, they might have gone too far the other way. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Because they just seemed, yeah, they, they seemed to really struggle off the line. However, part of that is also, if you're used to a good, good start, how much that is in your head where you're expecting more, and from the drivers as well. But we did not see the demon ship starts that we've seen from particularly Hill in the past. Yeah, um, even Moffat, who was sort of like, just on the verges of the top 10, he didn't get a particularly good start um, in the other rear-wheel drive car. So, yeah, I think they've been they've certainly been nerfed. Whether they've been nerfed too much, I think I think we need to find out in either Knock Hill or Snetterton, yeah. um, and that will give us a good indication of whether it's at the right balance now. I would agree. Uh, the race was not particularly exciting. However, we did see evidence of Lloyd's massive testicles... <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether this was torn or not I don't know but going side by side with Turk in the way he did for the lead was very very good indeed I think he might have had a couple of cans of rich energy I don't think so <laughs> have you ever um, seen a can of rich energy? no exactly but if it if it's anything to go by it's probably making it out of rocket fuel something was up Dan Lloyd and got his dander up and he was he was firing ahead of everyone else home circuit yeah, coming back from the massive crash, from a really cynical point of view, needs to get people on board as sponsors. So what better way to do that than to go up against a four-time champion and yep. hanging around the outside at a very fast part of the circuit? Yeah, that was literally balls to the wall, wasn't it? It was. I mean, he got Robot off the line, Robot and bogged down a little bit. Yeah, Lloyd slotted straight into second place, and then it was a pretty. You know, he ran Turkton around the first part of the circuit, and then through the Jim Clark S's, held it on the outside and pass him like that yeah so where we were were sitting uh, we saw that second half of the circuit um, and 
sort of like watching the big screen as it started and we were like oh god who's going to come through here first or is someone going to end up like Bobby Thompson did a couple of years ago well I was expecting somebody to end up into the uh, tie barriers just before Barcroft because you, if you run somebody out wide there it's a quick area to get run out wide on if there's yep. any slip on the, that part of the circuit you can be in trouble but to be fair to Colin he did give some space he gave racing room which he always does in fairness and Lloyd's able to complete the move going through sunny in sunny out it also shows how how much the rear wheel drive struggle with heating those tyres yeah. up in those opening couple of laps. I think Colin said that afterwards that the first lap was hell, that it's just the car yeah. is a completely different beast in that first lap. But conversely, it comes to life at the end of the race. Yes, it does. Um, and Dan Lloyd certainly knew that and had to take advantage of that and then had to have the widest Hyundai in history um, because he was certainly under pressure for pretty much the rest of the race. We did have a safety car caused by Ollie Jackson getting fired off at Barcroft. Yep. Which closed the pack up. And then we saw one of the earliest safety car restarts I've ever seen. Well, as in. As in where he, The where lead Lloyd driver went. going, yes, yes yeah. yeah. Yeah, he um, he wasn't hanging around, was he? No, he'd gone before the complex, which is incredible. Halfway down sort of the straight towards the complex where we were stood, and he just. Mm. Went, to be fair, he caught Colin napping. Yeah, he certainly he caught did. me napping. To be fair, <laughs> he um, he managed to pull a good lead as yeah. well. Coming out of the hairpin, you thought, oh, okay, rear wheel drive is going to have a little bit more traction, close up the gap. But no, he was scarpering. He knew he had to make hay while the sun was shining. There were opening lap dramas for Gordon Shedden, who would come a cropper going through Clairvaux uh, and through sort of Hawthorne and the chicane, touched with. And to be honest, it's a case of first corner, first lap, concertina. He didn't do an awful lot wrong for me. He picked a part of the road, stuck with it. Bit of rubbing of Sutton, and on any other day, they get away with it. On this particular occasion, his suspension caved in. Yes. First of many this weekend, yeah, which I'll go on to talk about a little bit later when we uh, get through a few more of them. Um, but yeah, that completely... It looked like it was going to completely ruin his weekend. Um, it did. And he was obviously out of the race, starting at the back from race two, um, which is not the way you want to start. No, Morgan also had a couple of first lap or first couple of lap dramas. He was the camera car, and um, well, that was irrefutable the amount of bumps he was leaving on cars, particularly Tom Chilton. Mm. Uh, he would then see himself punted or well, punted, assisted, assisted. Depends what language you want to use off the track by Plato at Barcroft. Depends who you're asking. If it's Morgan, it's punted. Yeah, he was <laughs> if it's not Plato, there was a small gap. Mm. I'm a, do you know what? I, I'm anti, anti the clerk of the course today, aren't I, with the flags and that, but I don't get penalties. I don't understand how Plato gets away with that one. Yep. We've seen that following on from the Orton Park, Lloyd, Butcher, instance, both drivers have been reprimanded, yep. which I think is a nonsense. Lloyd, Lloyd yes. Lloyd Collard, sorry. Lloyd Collard, yes, yeah. apologies, yeah, you're absolutely right. Which I think is an, a nonsense. Lloyd, yes, he admits culpability, yep. he causes the accident. Yeah, the, to to penalise Collard is, is a nonsense to me. The only thing that I can think of why he's been penalised is there may have been no attempt to pull out of the incident. I know, so I know Lloyd is coming across on him, and he may feel like he's got nowhere to go, but if it isn't shown on data that he's tried to actually pull out of it... Then What's he supposed to do, though? Just slam the brakes on and, and become a roadblock for somebody behind him? Well, yeah, because... But that's ludicrous, because someone's going to blast in the back of him and create a train of crap. That's ludicrous. We're not following but what you're doing on the M6 with leaving two chevrons apart, are we? <laughs> yeah, but he's already got Lloyd coming across the front of him. Are you happy with this? Do you, so, do you, so you, I, I didn't necessarily say I was happy. That was the only reasoning that I can see. Yeah. Same with the Ash Hand incident. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I can only think Plato's got away with it on the basis that he was on the rear quarter which I've said before in previous podcasts is a is another nonsense rule I don't understand why last season's door handle to door handle wasn't enough would you like to rewrite the rule book in the uh, mid-season break I want to see (laughs) racing I want to see an element of push to pass not the ridiculous ones of the Matt Neal Jason Plater era but I I don't think there's any problem with a little tap to open the door and then to find your way through I don't think there's a problem and rubbing is racing yeah I think if you're now going to open up the rear quarter debate, you're just going to see more and more of this. It's what, but also, why is this any different to what Gordon Shen did to Morgan at Alton Park? Why is it any different? <laughs> why? Uh, I don't know. It's not. Well, apart from it doesn't end Morgan's race. We haven't seen. We haven't seen a full replay of it. We've only seen that bumper cam, haven't we? 
True, but you can hear, or yeah, I think you can. I, know. I think you can I hear know. the hit. Morgan's not not gone round on his own. Which, no, certainly was sloppy all certainly weekend. not. But you don't know how far down the inside Plato was. This is my point. I know, but it, I don't think it was door to the door. No, I know. So this new rear quarter rule is bonkers. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. In a roundabout way. <laughs> that it is bonkers, but I don't know quite how they're going to fix it, really, at the moment. Certainly, the... certainly not mid-season. No, but next season, go back to the old rule. It was clear. F1 have done the same thing. If you're halfway down the inside, it's your, co- it's your corner. Anyway, the race progressed. It did. <laughs> um, and Nothing happened. Yeah, not a lot happened, <laughs> did it? Not until Aaron Taylor Smith stuck stuck it in a wall with only a couple of laps to go. Yeah, another suspension failure. Yeah. So the second one of the race, uh, a rear one this time, and I think he may have clipped curbs a yeah, bit too hard. So. Um, either that, it was a or, bit of contact, or it was some contact from maybe earlier on in well, the race. I'd imagine it was contact, then exacerbated by a curb. Yes. Yeah. Which then brings into question whether the curbs are too aggressive shall we say at Croft but as I said I'll get onto that a little bit later despite the safety car which again allowed the pack to close in uh, this time Lloyd decided to go a little bit later and Colin stuck with him this time and had two to three laps to try and make an overtake and in fairness to Colin he did try uh, but Lloyd was helped out a little bit by the fact that every time Turkson tried an overtake, Robot, particularly the hairpin, because that's one of the most obvious places to overtake, Robot and decided chances are around the outside of Colin as he was slowing down to try and get the position off Lloyd, and then Ingram behind that was sort of just lurking. It was a really interesting dynamic between those front four. A team dynamic. Yes, one of them. Um, the only one that was left. But yeah, the, the overtaking opportunities at Croft, you would think, would be more apparent but obviously the the main one is that hairpin and yeah. try and work it into the complex well, apart from Jim, the Jim Clark S's which became quite an overtaking it hot spot this weekend did, to be didn't fair it? yes um, but yeah it's it's very interesting to see how different drivers approach that area of the circuit and try to get the best advantage and they all seem to be cancelling each other out in this first race yeah and Colin was trying moves at the corner before the complex where we were stood which isn't an obvious place to try and move uh, he was you know, trying to get up around the outside, ready to be on the inside for the complex. Mm. Lloyd's covered him very well. I will say that uh, maybe a little bit close to the edge of the final lap where Lloyd literally stops it on the apex and you know, Collins mm. ends up running into the back of him a little bit, which then means Robottom taps his rear as they come out of the hairpin, which basically means Colin can't get any momentum to launch the, the drag to the line. Take nothing away from Lloyd. He drove like a line to keep the car in front of yeah. Colin, but... I've got no problem with it, but it's, it was close to the edge at times. No, I, I have no problem with the moves in that front group. Um, Lloyd placed his car really well, I thought. Um, yeah, he made a little mistake on that final lap going into the complex, which Colin tried to take advantage of. But Colin being Colin, he knew when to back out of it and bank the points. One thing I do think was really interesting from a nerdy point of view is that we were obviously at that area. Hmm. And going through, Lloyd's rear lifts off the floor, which yeah. meant that the Much stiffer. wheel was locked in in the air, whereas Collins was flat through, mm. which meant he got so much, such better traction going into the complex area because his wheels were solid to the floor. It, it's a softer setup car, and you will normally see that on a rear-wheel drive because you don't want that back wheel coming up in no. a rear-wheel drive. You want as much traction as possible. I will also say that Lloyd's car looked a little bit leery throughout the first race. They made some changes for race two, but it looked twitchy at points, <laughs> yes, particularly compared to Ingram behind. Yeah, um, but I think that's that's where you get the, the good turn in on a front-wheel drive yeah. car, is having that perfect balance between sliding that rear and actually having oversteer or understeer. So, who scored points in race one? So, obviously, Dan Lloyd took home the win from Lloyd... Uh, from Lloyd? Uh, from Turkington. Always uh, has been. From Turkington and Rowbottom. Ingram finished fourth from Jake Hill, Ash Sutton, Rory Butcher, Aidan Moffat came home in a respectable eighth, followed by George Gamble and Tom Chilton. Uh, the rest of the point scorers were Jelly, Thompson, Camish, Gornall, and Josh Cook. Yeah, Cook benefited from a late retirement for Ricky, Ricky Collard, Collard, which brought him into the points. Collard's luck this weekend this just season. got worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another tyre-related issue, wasn't it? 
Yes, I believe it was in race one. And actually, talking of tyres, in FP2, Dan Cambridge had the weirdest tyre failure of perhaps all time, with the wheel stopping, but the tyre coming loose on the rim, which I've never heard of. Yeah, so... Not, he, not for donkey's years, anyway. He was saying on an interview on the grid that he broke in his usual place for that first corner. The wheel stopped turning, the brake held the caliper and stopped as it should but actually the rubber on the rim just kept on going round um, which is definitely something that I've never heard of before I I think I've heard of it in hot rod racing mm. but not in British touring car racing it's almost like there wasn't enough pressure in the tyre but you would have felt that earlier in the lap I, I don't know I don't know anyway that was the first race not a, not a barnstormer but a win number two for Lloyd and a well-deserved win given what he's come through. Yeah, it's um, fairy tale stuff, isn't it? And a big dent in the roof afterwards. <laughs> Moving on to race two. Race two. Moving into race two of the weekend now then. And Dan Lloyd sitting on pole position. Probably a little bit nervous after taking the second win of his career. Um, and second win at Crofton by all respects. Have we got a new king of Croft brewing? Um, he managed to get off to a decent start in race two, didn't we? It was all fairly even Stevens at the front, apart from Robottom. Yeah, he slipped slightly. Um, Ingram made a good start from fourth and managed to get down the inside of him into turn one. And then there was a little bit of shuffling in the mid-pack, wasn't there? Yeah, some pretty impressive moves around the outside at the first couple of corners, which take a lot of guts, particularly given the, the proximity of the sand hit and the rubbing barrier barrier rubbing other cars etc butcher was one of those who tried an outside of the track move and did it did it quite well it seems as if rob austin has been coaching in the background at speedworks i mean he, he literally said he has yeah um and he's been he's been working fairly closely with ricky collard but he also he probably gives a little bit of a helping hand to butcher although he's a fairly seasoned professional now yeah rob collard's obviously got an input in that team as well i don't know in what capacity if it's official or not but he's yeah. there we saw his face in the car. Um, it's interesting to see how much they look like they've been analysing race starts and stuff and saying that, yeah, a lot of people go to the inside here, try and not lose positions. So why don't you just go down the outside and try and gain some positions, which is exactly what Butcher did, and I think he made up three spaces on that yeah, first both, lap. Both both tried it, both did pretty well. Uh, yeah, well, Collard had to make up those positions <laughs> from well, starting quite. at the back of the grid. Um, Shedden also made up a good amount of positions, I think seven on the first lap. That track you can't overtake at. And I do believe, I said before the race started... You did, oh, here we go, we're going to get your your parade. <laughs> about the only prediction I got right this weekend, um, is that I, th- I thought he would get into the points. Um, and he did just about right. as good as he probably could. Yeah. Um, he I laughed at you and said no chance and I looked like a fool at the end of the race by the end of the race he finished 12th didn't he he did with some nice moves nice moves yeah consistent driving nothing over the limit which sometimes he can be known for uh, there were a couple which I might say fall in towards the category of push to pass but you know, but again I think it was the right side little taps and move forward so with uh, Ingram falling in behind Turkington he then looked to go straight on the attack yeah, um, and trying to overtake him very much in the same vein that um, Lloyd did in the opening race. He would have known that Turkton will struggle in the first lap, will be tentative on the first lap, and he had a lap or two to really make that. Well, it, it was move. almost an identical move, wasn't it? Coming out of or into the Jim Clark S's, and Ingram was on the outside and managed to get the job done. I will say he squeezed Turkton a little harder than Lloyd, and again, credit to yes. Turkton, he gave the racing room because he could easily have caused a. A ruckus. Yes, um, and Turkington, I think, was pretty happy just to sit in behind. Ingram was certainly pushing on more towards Lloyd than Turkington was trying to attack. He knows how to win a championship, does Turkington. <laughs> um, and Robottom, having not had the best of starts, he then fell a little bit into the clutches of Hill, who made, again, another similar move down towards Jim Clark S's around the outside of Robottom um, and managed to take that place quite convincingly. Yeah, it was a you know, good drive from Hill. Tracky goes where that needs to make up some points from what was becoming a fairly anonymous, almost redundant weekend for him. Yeah, um, Ash Sutton and Rory Butcher were a little bit off the sort of like front five pack, weren't they? Um, 
and they were in that sort of like second group sitting there just fairly almost happy to be there nobody wanted to make any progress did they Mo- no. Moffat stayed the way he finished the first race Chilton stayed pretty much the way he finished the first race Cook made up a couple of places Camish and Thompson both slipped back a bit both made a few errors was it this race Powell had a couple of spins I mean it was all across the weekend wasn't it to be fair I think every race Powell had a spin um, and again some more failures we saw uh, Michael Kreese go off with a puncher um, and possible suspension and damage. Damage, uh, and we believe that he might have had some contact with Gornall or some drivers in that area. Yeah. Um, and a lap later, Gornall ran wide uh, at turn one, and you could actually see on the replay that the divot that he hits just on the edge of the gravel, where the tarmac stops and the gravel starts, that's what broke that suspension. Yeah, and. Although we didn't see it on that side for every suspension break, one, I think that's had a huge impact, if you pardon the pun, on suspensions this weekend and has caused them to break. And I don't think it's solely down to curbs either. No, but equally don't run wide. Exactly. Uh, And if there was a tyre barrier there, you wouldn't be running wide. No, you can't run wide at tracks like Monaco in the F1 because you'll create a a fiery mess or tear your car in half if you mix Schumacher. So don't run wide here. If you do, you've got to risk the consequences. Yeah, so that, that broke his suspension and he tried to <laughs> continue around and his car just went in a straight line and he ended up just nudging the barrier um, down where we were standing actually for race two. Yep. Uh, George Gamble's luck um, changed a little bit this weekend. Uh, a couple of laps from the end, he had to come into the pits for, I believe, a puncture. Um, but then it looked a little more terminal. Might have been some engine issues as well and copy and paste for Ricky Collard. Yeah, I mean, again, it wasn't a particularly great race. There were some good battles. Te- Dexter Patton, a nice little battle with Osborne and Jackson in this race. Some nice moves by Dexter as well. At he the made hairpin. some really good moves at the some hairpin. beautiful chinks to the outside to then undercut dump, dummy back to the inside. Dare, dare I say Sutton-esque yeah, I think, in that I, infinity. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It was really, really good. There's, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but there is a racer in Dexter Patterson, and I, I don't think it would be long until we see him sort of competing for top tens and good reversals. Yeah, I wonder whether he'll need to be in a, a different car. Why? Moffat's? Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, I, I do hope that that car gets back to the heights of where it was last season. I think part of the problem for the Infinity team is that, and Lane's tools is that, and I think Cavish alluded this just slightly as well, is that that was a car that knew how to carry weight. Mm-hmm. And yep. they've now got to carry weight all the time, but everyone's carrying the same weight all the time. Yeah. I think Cavish alluded to this as well, that he said he'd rather the weight system than the hybrid system, whereas Tom Ingram is loving the hybrid system because <laughs> he's now got a fast car. Because the Hyundai, all the time. The Hyundai couldn't carry the weight last year. No, he couldn't. So I think that's struggling a little bit because I think that's where Laser Tools and Infinity were so far ahead of the rest of the field is that they knew how to carry the weight effectively in the car. And now they've got to relearn a way of carrying that weight all the time. Whilst ba- whilst um, sort of balancing it up against how other teams are driving with their weights, yeah, Morgan managed to make it just inside to the top fifteen on uh, what was a, a fairly poor weekend for him. Um, and apart from that, Plato had a little bit of a battle with Hand, but again, not for points. You did say it was quite funny to see Jason Plato battling with Pierre Marquard, having left Pierre Marquard. <laughs> it just seems as if that. Him and those two Astros have been stuck together all season. I bet PMR are hoping he goes to like BMW next year if he stays. Because <laughs> yeah. they'll be like, okay, we can spat with the BMWs then. Because wherever Plato goes, we send, tend to be. Oh, can you imagine him in a BMW? Jeez. I thought him being in a Honda was bad enough. Well, I thought he'd do much better than he is. And I, say, I, will yeah, say, I will say that the car is clearly struggling. Hmm? But then, as you said, I, I do agree with you on this. And Careful. I'll write that down in my diary that you agree with me. Well, carry on. You did make the point that if you're not happy with the the stock engine that's being provided, yeah, either go somewhere else like Neil Brown, yep, or develop your own like Hyundai. Yep. Yeah, it's it was notable this weekend as well. Um, if you look at the results from this race, the top five are all specialist, as it were, specialist yep. engines rather than the stock M Sport unit. Are Napa running their own, or are they running M Sport? I think they're running M Sport. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's looking like if you want to be competitive, you need to build your own and effectively build it better. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah, 
Same. Yeah, and I, I'm fed up a little bit already of the moaning about the engine capacity and that because a other drivers are getting better results with with the same equipment and I say b if you go to a team that builds their own or convince your team to build their own. I know it's mm. easier said than done, but there is a solution. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, to round up race two, then Dan Lloyd won from Ingram and Turkington. Jake, so say on that, are you surprised that Ingram didn't push a little harder? I think he did say afterwards if it was anybody else, he would have gone a lot harder. Yeah. But he wasn't about to put Lloyd off, which is, which is fair. And are you at all surprised that Lloyd didn't let Ingram through? I'm not at all surprised that he did, didn't let Ingram through because if you look at it championship-wise, he's ahead of Turkington, he's yeah. ahead of Hill, he's ahead of Cook, Sutton, yeah. all the people that he needs to be ahead of. So, yeah, um, so, yeah the, there's no surprise for me that he didn't, one, push harder, and two, that Lloyd didn't let him through. Fair enough. Pray continue. Uh, Jake Hill narrowly missed out on top four. Um, he was certainly coming strong top at the three. end. That That even. Four. Uh, top three, he certainly finished strong at the end of the race. Dan Robottom was fifth from Ash Sutton, Butcher, Moffat, Chilton inside the top ten again, and Jelly. Uh, the rest of the top 15 were Cook, Shedden, Camish, Thompson, and Morgan. And, as it would happen, Shedden got pulled out for a reverse grid pole. Lloyd <laughs> yeah, chucked the ball back in the pit with uh, anger. Did he? I didn't actually see the draw. He literally pulled it out, looked at it, and went, threw it back in. <laughs> So I do wonder if six had been out, whether he would have fancied his chances because no. that Hyundai was quick. It was, but I was the reason I was saying no is because that to put Ash Sutton on pole, and I don't think anybody would stop Ash Sutton winning a race if he's on pole. Okay, uh, especially this final season of not having a win. Yes, it's going to take something to part Ash Sutton in that mood. You're either going to end up with one of the greatest BTCC moves of all time, or upside down on fire. So <laughs> less less of that, we hope. Exactly. Moving on then to race three. Race two. So race three, Gordon Shepard on pole, he won. That's basically <laughs> all there was to say. This was not a race three classic, was it? I tell you what, the lead that he had by about turn three yeah. was what, a couple of seconds? Yeah, he, he got a good start, he went off into the distance, just kept putting the laps, won the race with consummate ease. There's not a great deal more to say about race three, is there? Uh... Butcher and Cook are the nice little ding-dong with each other. Butcher would take the lead off, or say take the place of him a couple of times, but gave the place back due to passing off-circuit on one occasion. And on the other, Cook got the place back straight away. Other than that, I mean, did anything else happen? I mean, Jelly was did well to finish in front of the other two BMWs, which is a, you know, a good weekend for him, position-wise. Chilton scored another top 10, which is good for him, given what's been a difficult season for him. Although that that wasn't without incident in race three for Chilton. No, and that, I suppose, is something that happened. So you, you've mentioned it, you've titillated, you've teased. That's what happened. Um, so I think probably about lap three or four, I think, um, he was on the outside of Sutton uh, going down to turn one. Sutton had, yes, thank you. Um, Sutton had got a good run out of the hairpin, managed to get alongside him. And Chilton still decided that he wanted to turn in at his normal point. Um, clipped the rear outside rear of Sutton. Broke the tow link, I'm pretty sure. Because uh, that wheel was not pointing in a straight direction. Um, and basically put Sutton out. He managed to creep it back round to the pits and he managed to get it back out. Uh, but four laps down. Um, and yeah, it was clumsy at best for me. Um, uh, I, I don't know why he's turned in there. Again, the car's there. Without wishing to erect my stepladder to jump onto my high horse. Bang, box, mate. And bang my drum the way I do. How this was not a penalty or a reprimand or something, mm. I just don't know. I, I, you know. If you're telling me that Butcher's supposed... Sorry, if Lloyd's supposed... There, I'll try again. If you're telling me that Collard is supposed to break and pull, bail out of the move of Lloyd then going at over 100 miles an hour, then this... Yeah. I, I I don't know why he doesn't just fall into line behind, not lose any more positions, um, and as you say, to not get penalised for it after is... Yeah, it's confusing. Um, the, the, there's a distinct lack of consistency this season. I don't know if I'm just picking up on it more because we're more... We're scrutinising it that, that bit more, but to me, it just doesn't seem to be any form of consistency. 
You weren't particularly happy with Moffat being called in as well, were you? I wasn't at the track. Having watched it on the television, yes, I understand. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Um, so Moffat was called in with uh, a orange and black meatball flag um, for damage on his car. The front one front side of the bonnet was flapping up and down, which you don't want that. No, breaking the pin on the other side and coming up onto your windscreen. No, at trackside, and because it was on our blind side from where mm. we were standing, I didn't see it as a massive issue. Having gone back and looked at it on the telly, no, it was the right call. It, it was getting progressively worse. A nice big smack of gaffer tape on that, and he was back out. It's Although, a shame because it ruined right what, at the back. Yeah, it's a shame because it ruined what was a good weekend. But no, I will I will say that yeah, having reviewed the footage in more detail, it was the right call. Uh, am I right to remember that Jade also had a drive-through in this that race? Was race two. Oh, okay. Which Jade had cover. she had a drive-through in race two uh, for mechanics being on the grid, uh, which we've seen in other forms of sport as well. Um, but she didn't have a particularly good race three either, ending three laps down, having to come to the pits. Um, oh, it was race three. Then. I can't remember. They all blurred into one. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, towards the end of the race, Darren it was race three because we were stood at the first corner and she was behind Powell. So it was race three. I'm glad. I'm glad I bought you this weekend, mate. Race two. Yeah, no, it was race three. Carry on. <laughs> Deary I me. think it was anyway. Robossum didn't Professionals. Qu- didn't quite make the end of the race um, after having a little bit of a battle, sort of like trying to get through the top ten along with Turkington and Ingram. Um, his car lost power coming out of the hairpin um, and he had to pull it into the pits. Michael Kreese completed what was a woeful weekend of another retirement. Yeah, he's... He was... Tell you what, we passed him on the way home, we did. didn't we? And it must have been an hour and a half, two hours into our journey before we actually passed him. Yeah. He must have been out of there like a shot Absolutely. before that race finished, I reckon. I reckon so. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, yeah, he it was a, a weekend to forget for him. Aaron Taylor Smith had further problems as well, as did Will Powell. Will looked just so out of his depth this weekend, I have to say. As much as it pains me to say it, it's not an easy thing. It's easy to sit here and say, but appalling, wasn't it? Considering, yes, I know Jiggy's had practically a year in the sport before, but considering Jiggy jumped into that Hyundai and went that quickly, as it were, yeah, that surprised me. Um, he managed to recover up to... Where was he? Uh, 17th from the back of the grid in race three. Um, making decent progress through the field. Um, managing to beat Collard and Gamble, who were also back there with him. Yeah, which is really impressive. And you know, I was in and around Dexter, Patterson, Jackson and Plato. So, yeah. yeah, a good weekend for Jiggy. I say race three, it wasn't a, a classic, it has to be said. Shedden won by a country mile. Yep. Could have probably done the rest of the race in reverse and still won. Yeah. The only thing it has made is the championship very, very interesting. Cook had to get some form of points on the board and did do well to cling to a second place. Mm. I will say, it, I know I mentioned about the Cook engine debacle. Butcher looked a bit gutless as well in terms of engine power. I don't. I, as I said earlier, the hybrid system he's looking at is not working. Yes. It's not working. No, not, I, I agree on that. I was expecting a DRS style. Not not the same level of power, but... A, a, but pu- a push to pass, basically. Yeah, and yeah. we're just not seeing that. No, it's... Um, I don't know whether there needs to be something implemented like that DRS system of when you're within a certain Second. gap or yeah. whatever, um, but then you're going to get trains of it, aren't you? And that's the problem with F1. You, yeah. You're going to get stuck at a DRS train. I Yeah, I, I, I don't like the idea of DRS zones or hybrid power zones if you should be able to use it whatever you want on the tracks I think that gives a little bit of skill but I, I just think it needs to be that bit more powerful I, because if you're already you've got to be going 70 kilometres an hour for it to work 70 miles an hour to it, 75 miles an hour, hour for yeah. it to work anyway which means you're not really going to get a lot of overtaking at that speed no because you're quick anyway mm. you, you need it a bit more on the lower speed corners I think to get that push coming out of a corner yep it needs looking at yeah, it certainly does. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that will come until the end of the year. No, and you know, it's um, always going to be a trial year and always trying to see exactly. what, what works and what doesn't work. I was just expecting... I've been left a little bit underwhelmed by it and I'm not really sure what it's offering at this moment in time. I, I think the drivers feel the same as well. I, with the Yes, lap times are tumbling, but they tumble year on year. Mm. Every year the cars get quicker. Yep. I don't think it's purely down to hybrid this season. No, no, not necessarily. Anyway, what were the final results for race three? 
Go on, Shedden won by only two seconds, so it felt a lot bigger, like a bit of time management. He slowed up on that last lap, didn't he? Right. <laughs> also, you've seen puncture and suspension issues all weekend. Why take the risk? And more and more gravel was being dra- uh, dragged across into Turn 1 as well. Uh, Shedden from Cook, from Butcher, from Jelly, Hill, Turkton, Ingram, Camish, Chilton and Morgan made up your top 10. With Lloyd, who struggled to make progress in race 3. Uh, Thompson, which topped off a good weekend for the Jack Sears in 12th. Ashhand, 13th. Jason Plato in 14th. And a recovering Ollie Jackson to score points in 15th place. Yes. Plato's only points of the weekend and probably a little undeserved as well with uh, other drivers that failed to finish in that race. Shall we do some grades? Yes, we shall. Kicking off our grades... Then, and we'll start with Colin Turkton, got to be an A. Yeah, really consistent weekend from him. Pole, which is great for the Wingfoot points. Uh, a podium. Yeah, a couple of sixths. Uh, yeah, two podiums two and a, podium. a sixth, which is, yeah, a really good result. Yep, can't complain, and keeps him in touch with the title. Uh, Jelly, gone for a, a B. Three top ten finishes, which is always very good indeed for Stephen Jelly, and in race three beat both his teammates. A solid weekend, which is something he struggles with on occasion. Uh, he's in a good run of form at the moment as well, so we'll see if that can continue into Knock Hill. Yeah, he seems to go in peaks and troughs, doesn't he? That's Jelly in a nutshell. That's Jelly's career in a nutshell, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Jake Hill, slightly disappointed, but still a good haul of points, although I think... He's getting on the cusp now of being left behind in the title race. Needs a big weekend coming up, and I just don't see where it's going to be. I earmarked this as somewhere it might be. But it's a B if you look at the results on the road. So nods the head from you, fine. Uh, Sutton, God, the viewers can't see you nodding. Sorry. It's not a, it's not a, vid, it's not a vlog. <laughs> Do it, AMS, ASMR. I just my hair shaking. I don't know what ASMR means. It's the really close-up, finite sounds that you can hear. Like yes, but they can't hear you. They, sorry, they can hear, you, but they can't see you. Doesn't matter. It's still Sutton. Carry on. Got to see. Uh, a disappointing weekend, particularly the way it finished. Average, a- distinctly average for me. I'm going to put it out there now. He's. I mean, he is remarkably to be doing to holding on to the coattails of Turkton, but until that car gets into a situation where it can actually win a race, he's not going to win the title. Okay. Fair enough. I don't think it's ever been done where a driver's won the title without taking a victory all season. Mm. Uh, do you see it winning? I'm not sure I do. Not not with the pace of that Hyundai at the moment and well, the BMW the can yeah. yeah the BMW can pull it out when it needs to. Camish also a C. Look, not a great weekend. It's not been a great first half of the season. He's going to be looking to come back strong. I said that Donington weekend ruined any chance of a title. He's already over 100 points back. Yeah. Not where he wanted to be. Osborne, D, what a poor season this is turning out to be for Osborne. Now behind Gornall in the standings, which is ludicrous. It's it's mental to think that, isn't it? Um, it should be a genuine competitor for the Jack Sears, and he's been left well behind by Thompson and Gamble. OK, yep. fine. Better drivers, but you'd say in similar machinery, really. And just been left behind. Uh, for Jackson, unlucky of race one. Yeah. Yeah. Did well in race two to make up places, and then race three got back to points, which is a good result. It's a C. Look, we expected more from Jackson in this car. I don't think that's a particularly shocking thing to say. Had a bit of bad luck as well, but yeah, needs to improve the second half of the season. That leaves us with Morgan next, who is a C. Master of his own downfall this weekend. Very, very sloppy. Lots of incidents caught up in, lots of mistakes running wide, messed his own quality up. Dare I say this is probably the poorest weekend he's had in the BMW? Certainly, I can remember. I think there yeah. was like Thruxton last year that he wasn't particularly good at either. But yeah, no, I, yeah, in terms of what I can remember, yes, yeah. I'd agree. And Gamble gets a D, not a good weekend. Lost a lot of the ground to the Jack Sears by not finishing races. And, and unlucky with parts as yeah, well. Yeah, there was a bit of unluck there as well, but he wasn't great in quality. He wasn't great in the no, races. Just no. looked a bit off it this weekend. Uh, Gordon Shevin is an A. I had to fight for this one a little bit with you, but at the end of the day, he qualified well. Race one, he gets unlucky. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, that that kind of damage doesn't happen. No. Race two, fights back from the back of the grid to 12 for a track that you can't ever take on. Yep. And then race three wins with... I mean, they can still be racing now, and they would have <laughs> caught him, so yeah, it's an A. Yeah. It, yeah. 
Uh, Robot would be a good weekend for Robot and qualified well, raced well, bit of unluckiness with the car in race three. It's been a decent-ish season for Robottom. Just needs to get a bit more consistent at the front. Yeah, it was a good solid weekend for him. Lloyd, we don't normally... Sorry, giving you up. Sorry. You right. Yeah, child woke me up last night. Can we continue? Do you need yeah, to lie down? Okay. Uh, Lloyd, we don't normally do A-stars, but I think this is an exception. It's an A-star. Yeah, considering the weekend that he's come from yeah. and the two weeks previous that he's had. So, like, recovering from injury, doing... 14, 16 hour days trying to get sponsorship deals and working working everything out to then come to this weekend and go bish bash bosh two wins going to treble my BTC win account exactly and was very close to having pole yeah yeah no it's an A star and it's great to see Lloyd recover like that because he is a, a proper racer and it's good yeah. to see him at the sharp end uh, Ingram would be could have pushed a little bit harder maybe in places but equally not going to take his team out and in race three, given the problems he's had in race three over the last couple of weekends, we've been quite a number of people's incidents, perhaps just took it a little bit easy to finish first, first you must finish. Yeah, and he made a little bit of progress with other drivers dropping back. Chilton, it's a B, three good results, qualified well, his obligatory, it would seem at the moment, incident, incident with somebody, but a decent weekend all told and escaped penalty, so who are we to, to t- say anything less? Yeah, the Hyundai looked immensely quick this weekend. It did. Obviously, Boutel wasn't here, which meant Jiggy was in his place. It's a B for Gornal. Qualified ridiculously well. And rather awkwardly, is now ahead of Boutel in the standings. Yeah, it's not just Boutel, but a few other drivers as well. Yeah, but if you compare him to the person that he's in, you know, yeah, uh, you exactly. know, taking the seat of. But as you say, he's ahead of Patterson, which I think I think that was a little bit harsh. I think Patterson's worth more than the one point he scored. Yeah, yeah. I really do. Edwards, Powell, Hamilton. Osborne. Just Osborne. That, come that's the on. big one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, and it's a bit disappointed. Boutel will be a bit disappointed as well in, in some ways, I'd have thought, that he's come in and done that. Questions will undoubtedly be asked. Yeah, certainly will. Uh, and also, Gornell looks a lot like Jim Carrey, which is quite unnerving. <laughs> I've seen that meme. <laughs> quite, it's brilliant. Quite unnerving. Uh, from a good weekend to a bad weekend, it's crease and it's an E. <laughs> Would have been better if he just left the motor home at home. And didn't, I didn't think he should have taken the motor home on the track. Yeah? Top Gear style. Yeah, yeah, chuck mm. a frying pan as he went yeah, past exactly. somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, behind hand, did a bit better. Scored a point. Scored some points, yeah. Had a good battle with Plato pretty much all weekend, didn't he? He's having a good season, debut yeah. season, and it's a C. Uh, Cook gets a C, nowhere in qualifying, nowhere in race one and two. Yes, he gets a podium in race th- in three, but you can't win a championship like this. Put it this way, if ball 10 or ball 9 had been pulled out, I still think he'd have been around those lower ebbs of the top 10 yeah. in race three. Yeah, I completely so. agree with you. Uh, Plato's a D. Uh, the swan song is not a particularly nice tune at the moment is it it's kind of like baby shark mixed with we will rock you mixed with something i don't know a, a d for does he even care anymore uh, no i think he does care i, I think and he wants more but it's just the car isn't working no the car cook's doing well to get results he is the car just has fallen off a cliff since Thruxton, and i don't know why well, I, do you want a coffee are you okay i don't do coffee um yeah where does it end? Edwards had an equally bad weekend. Well, worse, really, with the drive through yeah. penalty as well. Yeah. Lost ground in the Jack Sears. At least, you know, she's, she's lost ground in the championship she's fighting for. At least for Playo, he's not actually fighting for I was, I was for going equally bad for the E that we've given her. Well, it can't be equally bad, because this would be a D if it's equally bad, wouldn't it? It's just alliteration. Come on, on to the next one. It doesn't work. Thompson got a B. Uh, won the Jack Sears round this weekend. Scored in all three races when we didn't think he necessarily would. A couple of mistakes, which allowed Shedden through in race two, but... Mm. That for hard, the way things are at the minute, getting the car home one piece is a victory in itself and keeping yeah. bills down. And Thompson's doing that week in, week out. He, he was easily the best hard driver this weekend. There was yes. uh, Taylor Smith did a little bit better than him last time out at Alton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this weekend he reasserted his dominance. Taylor Swift's a D. Car just didn't look good for him this weekend. A couple of scrapes in the wall. I was going to say, it doesn't look very good when you're in the wall and there's wheels pointing in all directions. But shout out to him. As he got out of the car, he signed an autograph on his way back to yeah. the pit, which, fair play, it's nice to see that level of respect from, from the driver, particularly after an incident like that. Uh, Hamilton, look, he's getting more competitive. Yeah, he's not off the back. He's not so far off the back anymore. 
and I think this new system they're developing is helping. It's a D this weekend just because we didn't really see any race action, but I think we are going to start to see a little bit more from Nick as the weeks come forward. Yeah, I think we only saw one sort of incident from him. I think he had a spin this weekend. That was about it. Um, whereas you comparing to Pal, had an absolute shocker. Yeah, Pal's an E. It was a appalling weekend. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, Moffat is a C. Quantified well. Raced fairly well. Didn't really look like making much progress. And then race three was scuppered somewhat. Two two independent wins from him this weekend in race yeah. one and two. Yeah, perhaps it should, perhaps he's a little bit harsh on that basis. Perhaps it should but be on that basis. I don't know. We kind of expect a little bit more considering what he did here last year. So we yeah. knew he was going to go well. That, that is true. I think the corner has been turned at Laser Tools. I think they've found a way to get the car working. Yes. It's not the finished product, but it's working, which is way, but which you couldn't say at the start of the season. So, no. Uh, and Patterson, I'm going to go for a C as well. Didn't score points, but he's racy. He makes good race moves, and mm. he is actually quite fun to watch. Yep. So that's always good. Parfit obviously didn't compete this weekend, nor did Bordley, so neither of those get any score at all. Uh, and then Butcher is a B. A really consistent weekend from Butcher, and he stayed out of trouble. He stayed nice and quiet, and yeah, took home the points. Absolutely. And then Collard is a D. His luck will change, I am sure of it. The car is there. Bring on the second half of the season to see what he can deliver. Because at the minute, it's been a little bit disappointing. But I think he's better than what the points and positions actually show. He looks so quick at Donington, yeah. didn't he? The, the car's the car's a quick car. He's been unlucky. Mm. And the fact he's behind Aaron Taylor-Smith is actually quite a remarkable yeah. uh, event, really. Because I think he's better. And, and behind Plato. Yeah, Plato. Dare, dare I say it, Plato hasn't had a great season. No, but he has had a couple of. Yeah, he he yeah, scores yeah. points on normally two out of three, doesn't he? Yeah. So, right, shall we do some bingo first, and then finish up the predictions, and then go home? Yes. Yeah, bingo has not gone well for me. Well, it's gone better communally, but you've done far better than I have. I have weekend. a house. Yes. Yes, you do. Which is something, as a millennial, I never thought I'd say. <laughs> Spent too much money on lattes and Netflix, don't I, Kirsty? <laughs> right, uh, so I had absolutely nose to tail, which came up twice in the first race, which was very nice indeed. Yep. I had uh, mentioning about storing hybrid to the end, which also came up in the first race, related to Tom Ingram. Yep. And I had sitting there banking the points, which also came up in the first race, which related to Colin Turkington. Now, I had absolutely no detail, the hybrid and the banking the points repeated throughout the weekend as well, which is, I should, we should do a point per one, but that's not how we've ever done it, so it's just three points for me. I think those might be my three for next time out. Can't. Must have been used once, you can't use them again. I thought we could use ones from the other person. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We'll have a look into that. Mm, I'll discuss that in the off-season break. You had... I mean, I was nice. I gave you cut back at the hairpin where he didn't actually say cut back at the hairpin. He said undercut at the hairpin. Yeah, yeah. We knew what he meant. I've been nice. We knew what he meant. I've been nice. My my Honda on the brakes was a little um, speculative. That's not how you spell brakes. Um, And also... Every single opening race this season, they have mentioned what the symbols mean. Yeah. Why not this one? <laughs> because Tim listens beforehand and decides who's upsetting the most out of us two and who's going to allow Surely it. Surely it should be you most weeks. Most weeks, but this week I wasn't. This week mm. I was respectful in my decisions, which is why I've been honoured. I'll tell him I love BMWs then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, right. In terms of our overall predictions, none of us got winners. I uh, don't think we need to do this bit, do we? None of us got pole. Nope. Although, I didn't get Jack Sears either. No, none of us got Jack Sears. Uh, I did get the general prediction correct, which I said there'd be a rear-wheel drive car in each of the top fives. Yep. And was correct. Yeah, Turkington's helped you out on that, hasn't he? He has indeed. Yeah, uh, and you went for Cook, the only Honda on the podium, which in the cold light of day was the most ridiculous decision I've, or suggestion I've seen in a long time. Yes, it was quite. Uh, the fact that Robot Monday, you within the first yep. sort of half hour of us being at the circuit, kind of ruined your weekend. Yeah, I, I was praying for Ingram to come past him, but which then leads on nicely to the Price is Right. Now, yes, I like this bit. Yeah, because you won. That's really like this bit. But again, I will say I did think away from the MSV track, this was a bit cheaper than what we're used to. Okay. Yeah, no, notice that one that I went expensive on didn't actually come up. So, yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you there. So, we went for a price of beer. Now, because it was the North, we couldn't actually find any normal beer. It was like 
sort of bishop's finger Tetley's. and yeah, <laughs> the proper sort of ales and whatnot. So I had a pint of dark fruits and looked like a southern softy. Uh, that was a fiver on the nose, which Bang you on. got on the nose, to be fair I to you. I think extra points for that. Only if I get extra points for full house then. You can't start introducing extra points after the fact. <laughs> Grow up. Uh, burger, I went for £6.45. You went for £7.50. And it was actually... 6 20 or 6 30 something i think the cheapest was over six quid it might have been six quid yeah but anyway i um, won that one yes yeah you you were much closer on that one and a coffee given the prices i was paying at brands hatch for coffee i went for three pound uh, 90 you went for three pound 50 and it was actually two pound 90 for a simple black coffee i know and you didn't get one no i was too busy drinking strong fruits strong <laughs> strong fruits fruit. bloody hell they were strong they were, they were very <laughs> strong which leaves us Going halfway into the season, with me leading both championships. Not in a good position. I lead Bingo 5-2, as I mentioned, and I lead this one 12-10.5. to 10.5. I need to turn it around. I'm quite happy if you don't. Oh. On an annoying note, before we finish, all the bloody adverts from a couple of weeks ago were on the telly <laughs> this week. Uh. I think, other than uh, both of them sore feet. I think otherwise everything was on the telly, which was annoying. Yeah, we need to do that on just a typical weekend. Yeah, maybe next time out at Knock Hill, we'll bring it back. Or we're going to go how long the bollard lasts. We need to think of a game for Knock Hill. Yeah, we do. Anyway, any, any suggestions? We've got plenty of time between now and then. Absolutely. Um, so about a four-week break, I believe. It is end of July. We go to Knock Hill, which means that as we go into the summer break, Tom Ingram leads the championship by three points over Josh Cook. Colin Turkton is in third on 183, which is nine points back from uh, second place. Quick maths. I don't know. Not bad, really, was it? I, I'll be honest, I was reaching a little bit and waiting for you to interject. Sutton is 24 points off the lead, back Quick in maths. fourth. <laughs> Followed by Jake Hill, who is a further 39 points off the lead. Uh, no, sorry, I'll try that one again. 41 points off the lead oh, in You fifth. can't do maths. Uh, Rory Butcher and his brother-in-law are 6th and 7th, followed by Dan Lloyd after his double win this weekend. Uh, and running out of top 10 are Morgan and Rowbottom. Who is still in the championship at the halfway stage, Sam? Uh, I would go for just five drivers. Just. Yeah, Hill is on the cusp. I agree it's just. But for Hill now, he needs the four ahead of him to have a bad weekend. And for him to really profit, that's not been updated. Has it not? I don't think so. I think it was like that before. Okay. Um, Bobby Thompson will still be leading the Jacksiers anyway um, if he wasn't before considering he won it this weekend yep. um, George Gamble looks looks fairly solid in second Ash Hand is actually ahead of Osborne quite convincingly um, and then Dexter Patterson is very much holding his own in fifth assuming they've been updated yes I don't think they have been okay um, so you might have just read out completely pointless information he's Near enough, correct. Thompson leads, that's the main yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. We hope to be back mid for a mid-season update, um, sort of like halfway between now and Knock Hill, uh, where we'll be looking at driver grades, who's impressed, who has disappointed, team of the season so far, all those sorts of things. Um, so if you want to let us know on social media, we'd be pleased to hear, and we may even shout you out on the pod. Um, Give us any of your hot takes from the season so far as well. Yep. Absolutely, get those in if you've got any comments about how the season's going, how things could be improved, or who's not going to win a race ever again in their life, or that kind of stuff. <coughs> Sorry, cough. Yeah. Um, yes, we'll be uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing from you, and we'll be back again very soon. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 